0: Hello women repurposed. Today on Truth Be Told in 10, we have a special guest. It's often we talk about the difficulties and joys of raising children, especially this month as we are honoring mothers because of Mother's Day. However, it's far less often that our culture dives into the topic of miscarriage or infant loss. So today, to support our mamas who have walked this horrendous road, you will be hearing an interview done by Alicia Illion with Ashley Opleger. In the first part of this interview, you will get to hear a little bit about Ashley and the nonprofit her family started in honor of their daughter, Bridget. I won't give away any of the details, but if you are a mother with an infant born into the arms of Jesus, these next two episodes are for you. And if you haven't walked this or aren't even a mom yet, please stick around. In Romans, it tells us to laugh with those who laugh and weep with those who weep. Listening to the struggles of our sisters will only help us do this. And feel free to pass this along to your friends and family who might be encouraged. I will link Ashley's website and info in our show notes, so be sure to click through to learn more about this incredible gift they're providing to families all over the U.S. Okay, I'll let you get to the good stuff. Let's talk truth. Hey, I am so
1: excited today, you guys, because I have an amazing gal with me that actually lives in Wichita, which is so yeah. rare that we get to record this together. So she is here with me. Her name is Ashley Opleger. I think I got that right, yes. right, Ashley? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And I know you're going to enjoy hearing her story and all about her ministry. Um, this month, we are celebrating mothers um, on Mother's Day. And I know for many, um it's a happy occasion it's something to celebrate and we get excited um to have a day to get pampered and loved on and encouraged by those around us but for many it can be um a heavy day a weighty day and one that um that women can dread sometimes and so we felt like it was a good time um, to have the conversation about infertility and pregnancy loss and um, just all the emotions that come along with that. Um, and even if you've never experienced that, chances are you have uh, a friend or someone that you know that has. And so um, I just think this is going to be a really fruitful conversation to have. I hope you enjoy it. Ashley um, has a crazy, amazing story and testimony of how she walked through some of this. And so Really excited to have her with us. I don't know that we're going to keep it at 10 <laughs> minutes, but we're going to do our best. So um, Ashley, um, tell us a little bit about yourself, your life, your family.
2: Yeah. So As you know, I live here in Wichita, Kansas. Um, I was born and raised here. I am married to Matt, and we have three children. We have a little girl named Bridget who's in heaven. She passed away in 2014. And then two little boys, a four-year-old, and a three-month-old. And so um, right now, my life is kind of a mix of motherhood and ministry. We have a nonprofit that we started in memory of Bridget, which is where we're sitting right now in our headquarters. And so- that's what my life looks
1: like right now that's awesome yes she gave me the grand tour when i came in um and it is just such a neat place. So I know we're gonna to want to talk about um, Brid- Bridget's Cradles and all that you do here too. So three month old. So mm-hmm. life is crazy right now. Yeah. Or are you getting much sleep? I know it's like, did I get my
2: under with circles?
1: <laughs> you don't look like yeah, you have a three month. Up a couple of
2: times throughout the night, but yes. <laughs> he's I- so cute though, and he's all smiley and joyful. Yeah. But yeah, the sleepless nights and all of that—that's not fun. But I, it's worth it, and he's enjoy. So. Yeah. Happy to have them in
1: the family, right? And you have different perspective once you've lost a baby, and um, some of the things that are difficult and not to undermine the fact that yes, sleep is important. Yes. <laughs> we all function better with a little sleep, but you do have different perspective too, right? Yeah. On some of the difficulties that come with having a baby. So um that's awesome. So you're in kind of a crazy stage of life, but tell us a little bit more about you said that um your first was Bridget mm-hmm. and that experience that you had um with your pregnancy with her and just how it led to this ministry. Yeah.
2: So my husband and I um, we we're expecting in our first year of marriage and um a little girl named Bridget Um, At 13 weeks, I started bleeding and was rushed to the emergency room. And we found out that I had what's called a subchorionic hemorrhage, which is when basically the area around the womb is bleeding. And so they told me to go home, to be on bed rest, take leave from work. Um, At the time, I was working as a speech language pathologist. I know we have that in common. We both worked in um, the health professions. Yes. And so um, I went on leave from work and was on bed rest for 11 weeks. And I was hospitalized the week before she was born. And that's when the doctors really said, you know, the hemorrhage is behind the placenta. She's not growing as she should. We don't think you'll be able to stay pregnant much longer. And that's when my mom went home and started knitting this little blanket for Bridget. And really what happened was God gave her the idea to knit the sides up and turn it into a cradle um, because she didn't know how she would swaddle such a tiny baby. And so she actually packed that in her hospital bag and prayed that we wouldn't need to use it. She didn't even tell me that she made it. Um, And then a week later, I went into labor and the hospital staff, you know, they um, swaddled Bridget. She was already in the arms of Jesus when she was born. And mm-hmm. they swaddled her in one of those traditional hospital blankets, which just really... She was only thirteen ounces, so she was so tiny. Yeah. Um, and we just kind of like enveloped her. We couldn't really see her, feel her, bond with her, and we put her in the little cradle that my mom had made and it changed everything for us. It just in those moments of just absolute heartbreak and sadness, we felt mm-hmm. comforted and we had this peace and we could pick her up and love on her. And mm-hmm. both of our families were there and got to hold her and feel confident in doing that, even though she was so fragile and small, but so fearfully and wonderfully wonderfully made, just perfect. That's why we have that verse right here on our headquarters Mm -hmm. wall because um, God had made her just so perfect. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. that's how the cradle started. Uh, My mom made it for us and it comforted us. And we wanted to start comforting other families with it. And it's been Mm -hmm. a journey the last six years of being a nonprofit of how God has walked us through and allowed us to have an impact Mm -hmm. for families across the country.
1: That is such a needed. I just... You know, and we've talked about this before. That um, I think this happens more than we realize. Pregnancy loss is common, and I don't know if we just get uncomfortable talking about it, if we feel shame over it, if it's just too heavy after it happens. That a lot of women just don't um, don't want to discuss it. They don't want to talk about it. And so you realize, probably through this ministry, just the need because now. Um, you have such demand from hospitals all over for these little cradles. And I wish you guys could see them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You'll have to go check out her website and look and see because they're just so precious. They're so little, but um, what, like what you said, like it just shows that these are little people. These are precious um, image bearers of God that we have. And it just gives so much dignity to these babies. And as moms, like, you know, that have this loss, we want to be, um reminded that these lives are important because they're important in that moment we love them Mm -hmm. just as much as we love a full-term baby that's Mm -hmm. born you know and so i just they're just so beautiful and they're sweet and delicate and perfect and your mom just god giving her that vision and that idea and what it's turned into so tell us a little bit more about just the reach that you guys have had through this and the need yeah
2: um First, I wanna say absolutely, God, um, humans, he made humans to be his most prized possession and his most prized creation. And so like you said, he made us in his image. And so we feel that these little babies that have gone on to heaven and live forever and eternity with him, their little bodies deserve to be in an honoring and sacred place. And we just really value the sanctity of life. And so we want to give families a way to have a dignifying way for their baby to be held in, to love on them um, during the time they have on earth. And so completely agree with everything that you said. And that's why we exist to give those families that because this happens so unexpectedly most of the time that the families, when they're at the hospital, they don't have something for their baby to wear. Usually their baby's too small to be in an outfit or they didn't think to be, you know, bringing a blanket or any items there because this is, you know, so sudden. Um, And so we just want to meet that need and be there right there in that moment to provide Mm -hmm. love and comfort to them. So regarding our impact um, in the almost six years that we've been an official nonprofit. We um, now are in over 1,060 hospitals in all 50 states. Um, We estimate that we're in about a third of all U.S. hospitals with the labor and delivery unit. And we have the vision to one day reach every single hospital and every single family. I know that sounds very lofty, but Mm -hmm. we are doing this with God and God is Mm -hmm. the one leading us. And if he wants that to happen, he will make it happen um you know we've been able to bless over 26,000 families a year with cradles or memory keepsakes and um, you're here so you can see all of the the bins of the cradles and i was explaining to you before we recorded that even though you can come here and see thousands of cradles we do this for the one for the one cradle for the one family that god knows that baby's name and the family and mm-hmm. truthfully we will never know Mm -hmm. those families on the side of heaven because of HIPAA and all the privacy laws. We don't know who's getting them at the hospitals, but, um, we of course, um, are praying for them and know that, you know, that is going to provide some Mm -hmm. comfort in that heartbreaking Mm -hmm. time. Mm
1: -hmm. Do you, are your cradles, um, I think you attach like a little cross to it Mm -hmm. and a verse. So, you know, can you be very, um, like with with our faith and sharing the gospel like are you able to do any of that or is it just kind of more um an encouragement or a verse or like how do you reach people with your faith or can you is it yeah,
2: so we're a Christian nonprofit, and we stand firm on our values and our beliefs. And so we donate when we donate them to hospitals and families. They every single cradle has a cross at the foot, mm-hmm. and has um, Psalm one thirty nine verse thirteen through fourteen uh, on the tag. Okay. And um, if a hospital requests that they that they don't want the cross we will not take it off so Uh our compromise is this is how we've learned and for some hospitals that have policies against it we say this is these are our beliefs we stand firm on our christian faith that you know it's faith in christ that gives us the opportunity Mm -hmm. to see our babies in heaven forever and the cradle is a temporary comfort Mm -hmm. the hope of god is an eternal comfort and so the cradle is just Mm -hmm. one way to share that hope and so what we say is that this is a free gift to you, to the hospital, to the families. It's theirs. If they don't want the cross on, they can cut it off. Right. And so that that's how we feel good about we stand on our beliefs and we give this free gift. If you think about it, it's the same way with Jesus. He didn't, you know, he he's a free gift and people can choose to accept him or not. And right. so um, that's been our policy. And we've worked Mm -hmm. with hundreds and hundreds of hospitals and it's only been an issue just a handful of times. Most people really accept that.
1: Yeah. Interesting. What a neat way to get the message and hope of the gospel and at such a sensitive time when, you know, people are hurting that they're looking for hope. I would love just to hear um, a little bit more about just your journey And, um, you were in the hospital for how long you said, how many, weeks? well, so I was actually on bed rest at
2: home. Um, I went to the hospital at 13 weeks was in the ER and then was discharged home. And then I was hospitalized again at 23 weeks. Was discharged home after monitoring for a couple of days, and then I was back in at 24 weeks when I had her. So, three hospitalizations, but most of that time on bed rest, I was at home. Yeah. But I had to basically stay in bed. Um, I got out for doctor's appointments, I had to be in a wheelchair. Um, it was a really, really dark season for me. It was just praying for the best and praying that Bridget would be healed and that the hemorrhage would heal and that she would be born safe and strong and healthy. Um, And just kind of wrestling with my faith on, you know, God, where are you? Why are you allowing this to happen? I don't see how anything good could come from it. I actually had a moment when I stood up from bed to walk to the bathroom because I, I don't mean to be TMI or anything, but really what my <laughs> life was like for 11 weeks was just changing pads. I mean, I bled mm-hmm. so much. It was amazing to me the fact that like, I was still alive with how much I bled. And the doctor actually, after she was born, they delivered the placenta and then they delivered the hemorrhage, which was bigger than the placenta. It was, like wow. that big. And they said, this, this hemorrhage saved your life. Like if it weren't for this clotting, you would have bled to death. And I was so upset by that because I was like, but this hemorrhage is what took her life, took her life. Mm-hmm. and it was really hard to hear that. Um, I remember standing up to go change a pad and I said out loud to God, nothing good will ever come from this. I just felt that, like I just felt like nothing could come from it. I couldn't imagine that this would be happening And now that I'm further in my grief and in seeing what God has done through Bridget's cradles, it's just amazing to look at his faithfulness of like what he's built through my pain and how he's blessed so many families. And just even when you can't see him working, he's working, you know, Mm, when you don't think he's (laughs) answering your prayers, he is in just his way and his perfect timing. And, you know, I couldn't have imagined what he was going to do through my pain. I couldn't have Mm. possibly thought up um, everything that he did. And I'm thankful for that, but it didn't make it any less hard in the
0: moment. The next episode, you will get to hear more of Ashley's personal story and the experiences that led to Bridget's cradles. Again, I will link her website in the show notes. Until next time, friends, let's continue to love God, learn truth, and live transformed.